0: All right, Kyle. Thanks for thanks for joining me, man. Really appreciate it. Jesse, thanks for having me, man. It's been great. So looking forward to the chat. Yeah. So, a senior girls' academy director. What's your main role? What's your main responsi- responsibility? So, with my main role, my job is essentially overseeing the
1: senior girls' part of the club, right? While also assisting with the girls' program at the whole. So right now we have. Um, a technical director, right, and then within that we have a senior girls director and senior voice director, and they kind of oversee their respective side, so that's kind of my job. So any facet with regards to the girls' program, um, our top U13 and U19 teams playing in the girls' academy league, so that's something that falls on my oversight. Um, we have USYS, national mm-hmm. league teams, second teams, right? That also falls into me. We have a girls' youth director that handles a lot of our U 12 and under stuff. Mm-hmm. And we and him kind of work together to yeah. sort of oversee the girls' program at all. Any facets with regard to scheduling, um, budget stuff, mm-hmm. curriculum, uh, coach education, but, um, staff management, literally anything that you could think of that yeah. results in working in
0: a club. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what my job is, as far yeah. as doing that, just for the girls' side. Sure. Player development. What's your philosophy? Talk to talk to us a little bit about that. It's a loaded question. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a Loaded question. I'll start. I'll start with this. Then we'll we'll try to simplify it. <laughs> what um, what are your big priorities? Like what what would define a success? What defines success in the academy for you? So for me, yeah, I think
1: you just is find success in the academy, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it depends on where the player is at okay, and what they need in order to develop and progress further as a player. So if we're talking about the GA, right? If we're talking about the girls' academy, I think what defines as a success for me is, one, yes, is a player getting better? Yes, but if you look at that just from a grand scale, can a player step onto into a girls' academy game, right? Process information quickly, make decisions that align with our game model, how we wanna try and play and then execute the decisions. Yeah. I and mean, that's about as simple as I can really base it. There's right. a lot of different moving parts with regards sure. to that as far as what is the right decision? Um, what information should that player be taking into account before they have to make a decision, right? right. What does the execution look like? Are there different ways to execute a decision? Mm-hmm. But in terms of simplicity, that's the way they look at it. I think the other big piece, Jesse, is and I don't think he's talked about enough is, you know, at Ukrainian Nationals, we don't all only look at the on-the-field qualities of what you see kind of on the outside, but we also talk a lot about the cognitive makeup of players. Yeah, and We talk a lot about the personality traits that we look for. It's not necessarily right or wrong, but it's kind of our way of doing things, yeah. right? So we want our players to be extremely competitive, and we instill that from a very young age. Yeah. We want our players to have the desire to want to win, mm-hmm. right? And if they're not being successful in something, they're really working hard to try to be successful in something. So we have that inner desire of competition and yeah. self-regulation. That stuff for me is very important. Um, we have like six personality key qualities that we value just as, if not more important than the technical pieces, right? Because the personality qualities, that mental makeup, is huge. It's yeah. absolutely huge. And I don't think it's I think it's
0: sometimes it's not talked about or emphasized enough as far as how important that is. Um, do you feel cause it's kind of, it's touching on the personality. It's kind of hard to, to teach that or no. Yeah, no,
1: I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a two way street. I think yeah. it's a nature. Definitely it it a can nature. be developed. Yeah. Nature, and nurture, na- nature right? versus yeah. nurture conversation. Yeah. I think that's definitely <laughs> a part of it. Um, you know, there's, there's things we look for and stuff like that and everybody's personality makes is different. Right? So, you know, but for us, and like I said, it's not right or wrong. Right? We're not saying kids with different personality traits like should be playing soccer. It's just right. this is kind of what we value, I and mean, what we run it to, right? It's just our way. We want to be connected through the top to the bottom as far as what we value, right. and how we align our things and make sure that how we're going about developing players, how we're going about with our training exercises, right? Yeah. Our pedagogy, our methodology, all right. that stuff is right. all connected from top to bottom. In order to do that, we have yeah. to be aligned as far as what we value. Yeah. And what we value in, in, in players, what we value as far as what a team should look like on the field. Because there's no right or wrong way to play this game. If you don't have an aligned way, you can go in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. And then how is this player getting better at certain things when one year... Like like U11, U12, you have one coach who values something right, right. very highly. So you're getting a lot of repetitions and a lot of moments in these certain areas of the game. right? Yeah. Then come U14, you have a completely different coach who... Doesn't value something completely different, right? right? So you learn to play the game in a different way, and you're not getting you're almost kind of staying everything the same. And you're not really improving in one certain aspect. Yeah.
0: So that's the way we look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the personality stuff is hugely. Important. How often do you go back and reflect and reevaluate what you're doing? And and how do you define like if it's working? Like other than what do you what kind of metrics you use on field, off field metrics to define what's working for you and what isn't. Yeah, so I think it's, I think one of it, part of it is the team-centric part. So,
1: yeah. how is the team performing? So, for us, we like to we like to have the ball. Like, we really like the one. So, how many forward passes or how many times can we switch the point of attack from one side to the other? You know, these are key data points that we kind of look at and see, okay, is our style of play working this morning? Yeah. Are we being successful? Um, are we getting into the final third quickly? That's something we very much emphasize, getting into the final third quickly. Are we creating chances? in between the frame of the goal from the penalty mark of the goal, yeah. right? These are certain specific things that you can look at when you view a game off of a video. You'd be like, okay, this is working based on our game model. If it's not, how can we get better at it? Yeah. Um, in terms of the player-centric piece, right? Are we doing a good enough job, like a second-team player for two years gets promoted to the g to, team, to the right? Yeah. That, that shows to me that we're doing a good job of promoting our players, for right? Sure. Are our players getting exposure collegially, right? In, in the older ages, yeah. right? Are our players um, at the younger ages, right, are they successful in 1v1s, 2v2s, two and 3v3s, three right? And these are things that, you know, as as director in the leadership team, we kind of go around the fields and we sort of observe other, other sessions and sometimes we'll fit, dedicate one spot to one session and we'll watch a U11 practice. Yeah. You know, and we have certain criteria and metrics of performance for those practices to say, okay how are these players progressing in accordance to what we're trying to do, you know? And look, I think you made a great point. I think sometimes if things, if you're not getting those metrics on a consistent level, I think you you have the responsibility to go back and be like, all right, do we need to change something? Do we need to reevaluate what we're doing? Does this make sense? Yeah. You know, I think that's completely fair. And the game's ever-changing. I mean, but you, you see it, look at the world cup in 2018 and then look at the world cup now yeah. look at how different teams are playing right so in four years how the game is played i guarantee you it's going to be yeah it's our job to make sure that we are staying up with the tracks sure right and we're not thinking about because when you're talking about a new 10 U 11 player what's the game going to look like in five six seven years yeah and what's the game going to look like in eight years because when that kid is u18 u19 they have to be ready for that type of environment and that right. type of game so if you're, if you're still thinking about what it was 8, 9 years ago, is that player going to be ready, U18, U19? Yeah. You know, and, that, and, and, and that's a question that we always have to ask ourselves, right? Sure.
0: So, Do you do any IDPs with, with the players? Yes. So we have IDPs. We do one
1: before the season, like right, yeah. right? The season starts, kind of get, we believe in the player having a say in the process. Mm-hmm. So we'll do, we'll send out an IDP, the player will kind of fill out themselves, okay. kind of talk about what their goals for the season are, where they view themselves as certain aspects in relation to what yeah. we value and our key qualities, and then we'll have a meeting in the beginning, we'll have kind of a mid-year review, kind of where they're at, and then we'll have an end of the year meeting. So yeah. we'll kind of do three, one, two, and three, and stuff like that. So And we do it, and what we have, um, we'll have, we have a database where we kind of track that player's IDPs throughout the course of their trajectory with us. Right. So U9, U10, U11, if they switch coaches, those IDPs are
0: accessible to them. Yes. Right. Makes um, sense. yeah right yeah because a lot of the time, times, i mean that's where the disconnect happens right they go play for a different coach and they don't they don't know what they the player knows right. and yeah right right so yeah. that's why we, so that's why we, we did it that yeah. way because like you said if you go play a new coach you're like yeah.
1: i don't know i don't know how this player's is progressing stuff right. like that but they can go back and see two or three years of fighting and be like Okay, this player's been progressing pretty nicely. They've been progressing pretty nicely in these key qualities and stuff like that. This is where they need work on. This is where I can start start working in this area with right. this player. It's just it's more information for the coach to do sure. the job better, right? So, where'd you start coaching? I started coaching at a club um, in my college town in Reading, Pennsylvania, called Reading Range. I had a Boys team there, and they had a girls team there. What level was that? Is that just
0: like a local travel, or it a small was? Club? Yeah, no, it was. Reading's
1: a very small. I mean, you're from PS so Yeah, yeah Reading's yeah. not what I would call a, 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 a big town. Right? We would call so, it a railroad. Yeah, yeah so railroad. I would call it like a railroad. <laughs> town, essentially, yeah. low. low, low Two hundred low mm-hmm. bucks by the yep. way. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of so that's so that's where I started. Now the club, uh, Reading majors it was one of the bigger clubs in the area. But that's where I that, that's why I started out um, started out doing that, started getting asked to do private one on one training, right, small group training right. on the side. Look, everybody knows the grind, right, right. right? Everybody who's been in that position understands that piece of it. And then just slowly but surely, um, came back to Philly, worked for a couple of clubs, you yeah. know, um, see Delco, Penn in the name of you. Moved to Morristown, New Jersey, to work at STA as their girls academy director yep. for a year, and then just recently moved back. The senior goals director for Yuki, so that's my, that's my journey, journey. Yeah, I've been doing it for um, seems like too long
0: sometimes, <laughs> but it's right. been great so far. Where do you think uh, from your time with the Reading Range to now, where do you think you've grown the most oh oh over those years? I could, I so many areas, man. yeah, so many areas. I can't tell you how many areas I've
1: grown in the most. I would say. I would want to say like my on-field sessions, I want to see my awareness and stuff like that, but I tell you what, what I've grown in the most is having the awareness and the humbleness to actually self-reflect on myself. Mm. It's tough. It's 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 tough, but I tell you, man, it is the biggest piece of advice, if I would give advice to any young and -and up-and-coming coaches. I cannot tell you how important that piece is. What's that reflection process look like for you? So for me, there's, there's a really informal way of doing it, but yeah. there's also a formal way of doing it. And reflection is completely subjective. It's what works sure. for you. Everyone 100%. has a different 100%. way of doing it, as long as it's effective, right? So, But, but for me, it's... The, the informal way, I would say, is it's a simple car ride home after a session, after a game. And just thinking about it. Just thinking about it, but I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll turn the radio off. Right. right, so no radio, cell phones mm-hmm. on silent, and I'll just reflect as what I think went well, what I think didn't go so well, how was my coaching language, how was my demeanor, how were yeah. my moments, did the session that I planned go as planned, Right. did the game plan that I planned out go as planned, did I miss anything? Just having those con- those inner conversations with yourself Right, I think is massive. And then if anything really strikes out to me, I'll go in and I'll sort of like write it down in my little notebook, right? my little book of experiences right. that we like to call it. <laughs> and I'll sort of write down these little stuff, and then I'll start to create little mini action plans on how yeah. I can be better at that stuff. And, and that's how like that's coaching education. I'm, um, you know, I do stuff with U.S. Soccer in the coaching education space as well. So coaching education, from getting your licenses, I think that's so valuable. Yeah. But the biggest piece of it and I think none of that really works if as a coach is we don't take an autonomy approach to our own learning process right, right. to getting better. Right? And we don't reflect. Sure. And we don't so like so I think that is for me the biggest piece is learning how to do that yeah. and having the humility to actually do that. And that that would be
0: the biggest piece of advice I would give for anybody. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And it is. The- the car ride is probably the easiest way, and it's like the bare minimum thing that you can do to say you did it, right? But, you know, there's so much more to it that you have to do, right? It can't just be a car ride. At least for me, it's like going off what you said, it's like for me, it's like that's what I've learned to do. I've learned to just sit down and say, okay, did I suck today? Was I on today, right? I mean, that's a little bit extreme, but for me, for me, I'm more black and white. I say I either sucked or I was good. Right. Um, that's the way I do it. But it's tough. But after each session, I, I go back and what what I've actually done on my session plan on Sports Session Planner. There's like a little, you know, you have the question boxes, and at the end, at the end of the session, I'll put questions to review for myself. And for me, that's been helpful because now it it almost forces me to think about okay, like which goalkeeper was performing the best. You know, did the session work out? What didn't work out? And I'm like, and it, it but like. This past fall, it, it just transformed my thinking into just a whole whole new way. Do you, do you find yourself sometimes creating ways, you're like, listen, I'm gonna get better at this, create little action plans to sort of get better in those spaces? I've, I've actually never done that, and I'm glad you, you suggested it, because that's something that now I'll, st- I'll start okay. using now. Like I've never, I've, I've put them in my head. Like I right. haven't, but I haven't written them down. Like, okay, if I run this session next time, this is what I'll do, but that's something I need to start doing because I forget a lot of things. Like, it's a spur of the moment. Everything's yeah. exactly. in your head, right? Yeah, that's yeah, a lot yeah, of exactly.
1: stuff. so. Um, yeah, so, yeah, no, I think it's great. And self-reflection yeah. huge.
0: i yeah. remember What's the future of U.S. soccer look like? The youth of U.S. soccer look like to you. The future is
1: bright. Yeah. If we continue to preach the right things. Okay.
0: I look at so we right. just need Kyle Martin in charge of you and I'm far from I am far from the answer um,
1: I look at where I when I started coaching and I look at the average ability of a U11 player now versus yeah. what it was yeah. 12, 15 years ago. It's massive. Right. We must be doing something right. Sure. We must, our coaching education, I think our coaches have gotten better. I yeah. think our players have gotten better. I think the competition at the elite levels, at the GA, yeah. all the way down to your recreation levels, the competition has gotten better. I think the player development space, I think everybody is doing it better job, and I think it's going to continue to get better, right? What what do we need to avoid? I think we need to avoid the sometimes the greediness of wanting to be the best at
0: everything I think we need to avoid
1: I think we need to actively ask ourselves what is my role in the bigger picture versus I need to have I need to be have the best players be in the best leagues but I also need to have the biggest recreational program I also need to have the biggest program offerings. Yeah, I also need to do all X, Y, and Z. The, the Americana of it, the, mm. the business enterprise of it. Um, it is a business, there is that piece of it. That, that's right. never going to go away. But don't let it get to the point where it takes away all the good that we've been doing. I think that's what we need to avoid. It can't so too far in the one direction. I think right now we're teetering, yeah, and it just needs to constantly always slightly teeter back to what's best for the players, what's best for the kids, right? right? And That's where it needs to always sort of teeter back to. I think if we do that, I think it's constantly going to get better. There's going to be new innovations, there's going to be new ways of going to do about things. Um, I think that space is always going to be on the up and up, yeah. right? Can we just avoid not teetering too far? in that direction where it's just all about the the
0: mighty dollar. And yeah. it's, all about, <laughs> it's all about it's all about it's all about piece. Right. Well that's a, that's a tough battle to be fought. But if it's Do you think there are too many leagues? Mm-hmm. Do you think that limits exposure for some of the girls? I think
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of I think it's some markets it is saturated, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's some markets, right, everyone's trying to get collegiate exposure, certain things, certain, things, certain other. is there a way we can uniform you know, create something that's what's best for everybody? Right. Yeah. And from top to bottom, this is sort of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Would that be great? Yeah, that would be awesome. You know, I think I think it's also knowing and this is back what I said before, Jesse, I think it's knowing where what place does this have yeah in the overall economic global national market of US soccer. Mm. Like every I don't necessarily think there are too many leagues. I think I just don't think there is enough leadership—not leadership. I don't think there's enough direction as far as where things should fall, right? Like your top leagues, okay. These are for your best players, most elite competition, right? The most travel, right? right? The biggest showcases, all that stuff for the biggest schools and stuff like that. Do you have another league underneath that, right? Hey, this is for your kids who still want to go play collegiately but don't want to travel too far from home, Um, right? high school players, like Miami, sure. all that stuff, right? I and mean, you have a league underneath that. This is for your local teams, your sort of regionally based teams, are mm-hmm. not gonna travel too far for, for events, right? They don't yeah. really need to have showcases. Is there just a nice uniform approach where everything looks, hey, this is where we should be, this is where we should yeah. be? We don't have that right now. We think yeah, it sounds so simple. It's not. It's not <laughs> right. simple because right. there's a lot of hands in the pot. But right. I think it's finding a way where we can get close to that. Yeah. And I think if we do that, I think everybody. I think everybody will be happier. Yeah. You know, I think everybody. You know, and for me, it's not about. It's again, it's about the kids, man. It's about. Yeah. It's about the kids. It's about the players. Um, you can only play this game for so long, it's a kid's game at heart, right? You know, nobody I'd be interested if you took a national poll of coaches and directors why I don't want they are coaching and why they're directing money, obviously. (laughs) You would probably get, I mean, honestly, how many would say because they want to. It's about okay. the kids. How many, right. Or something yeah. about the kids. I would hope all of them are saying that, right? Like, ninety, yeah. ninety-five 90, 95, at least. Yeah. So, if everybody agrees that, then
0: can we, we make sure. things a little bit better from uniform yeah. to top, top to bottom? It's crazy once you break it down how much common sense it actually is. You know, right. It's, it seems so sensible, but easier said than done Easier sometimes. said than done, said than done, done sometimes. sometimes.
1: look, sometimes you can only impact um, geographical areas. Sometimes you can only impact your club. Right. Sometimes you can only impact your teams. Yeah. but. Every, I think every little bit helps a little bit. Yeah. And again, I think we're doing some awesome stuff. I thought, you know, it's not a, I don't think, I don't want to paint a negative picture. I think the youth development skate has gotten so much better in so sure. many areas. For sure, for sure. No, 100%. Right? 100%. And I think it's just finding ways where we can just do more of that yeah. and less of the stuff that kind of works
0: us back. you know? What's been your most memorable experience in your short coaching, the young coaching career Kyle Martin? <sighs> most memorable experience for me would
1: probably be... I've got to say that I had my first, had a no-four team about six, seven years ago. I had a I no-four team, six, seven years ago, and now a lot of them are playing freshmen in college or playing yeah. first year in college. And sometimes, it was actually a couple of months ago, a couple of them actually emailed me saying like, that they want to get into coaching. Like, That's how awesome. do I go about yeah. this process and stuff yeah. like that? And for me, that was that's pretty cool. That that was pretty awesome. Yeah. the players that I coach want to continue getting involved in the game right. while they're playing collegiately. Hopefully, after they're done playing collegiately, right? That for me, that's that was the coolest piece. That was for sure the coolest piece. Now, now that I'm thinking about it. because now you're talking about it, it's them going to affect the game in their respective communities to right. those players, and hopefully, it just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And grows. Yeah. you know, I,
0: you know that for me, that, that's everything. It's, no, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool because you're also, you made them enjoy the game too to a whole another extent to where it's like now they're thinking about it from another point of view other than a player. Right. Like, you know, how can I essentially do the same thing that you did for them to, to the next generation? So, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's probably the biggest one for sure. Well, cool, yeah. man. I appreciate you taking the time coming on and uh, we'll talk soon.
1: Yeah, Jesse, man, it's been pleasure enjoy the convention man it's gonna be a fun week and uh yeah looking to see new faces some old faces and um yeah thanks man great all right